Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope, and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Good. All right. Well, um, my name is Shane, and uh, I'll be bringing the message this morning, so um, so I'm a little nervous. This isn't what I typically do, um, I'm, obviously. I'm a, I'm a leader here at the church on the elder team, um, but like preaching, bringing messages isn't, isn't what I normally do. You give me a microphone and tell me to like karaoke, sing some Axl Rose or something, no big deal. I could do that all day long. But give me this thing and ask me to teach, that's not my thing. So, um, Bear with me if I'm nervous and stuff like that. Uh, I had a dream this week that I didn't have pants on halfway through the message, John. So I'm already doing better than I did in my sleep. So that's good news for everybody. Um, so anyhow, uh, why am I teaching? So this, this week I'm going to be teaching on a really uh, popular talk about, topic to talk about in church, um, money and, and just basically material possessions and um, realizing that your possessions and your money is not your own. And we're going to talk about kind of giving and a little bit of that stuff. So uh, usually this is one of those things people don't like to talk about in church, so Bo gave it to me, so that's cool. Um, so kind of the reason I'm talking is because uh, it goes back a little bit. So I'll kind of tell you about myself. Um, at an elder meeting, we were, we were kind of talking about uh, just the heart for you guys, and I kind of expressed my, my upcoming or my upbringing of how I've learned how God wants to see me, me to see my money. So Boog said, okay, you got to speak. So anyway, uh, when I first became a believer at 20, um, I was going to church and stuff. And so I go to church each week, and I was, everything was new to me, right? I was trying to learn it all. Um, I was reading the scriptures. And each week at church, the offering basket would come by. And, and I would see the offering basket, and I would, I would go, oh, cool, I'm going to give. Like, I, I want to, I see people giving. I feel like that's probably what you're supposed to do at church. So I would give. I'd open my wallet. I'd pull out maybe if I had 15 bucks pull out 10, put in there, keep five for some food on the way home. And I felt really good about that giving. And that was, that was what I knew. I felt really good about what I was doing. Um, as I grew in my relationship with the Lord, um, I, I had started studying and then I, I read and I, I hear a message maybe that says you have to give 10%. And I lock into that like, wow, I have to give 10%. And it's, and it ties back to like the old Jewish law. Like you were supposed to give 10%, your tithe was 10% and that was what you're supposed to give. So I like locked into that and I'm thinking, wow, I have to give 10% to like in my mind, to go to heaven. Oh, I, I better give my 10%. So for, a, for a, I would like to say it was a short period of time, but for a few years, I started giving 10% just pretty much out of, just out of principle, basically. There's no heart in that giving. I just would give my 10%, call it good, and figure I'm just doing really well. But I didn't have, I didn't spend any time thinking about that or praying about that. It was just giving. And if I forgot, I forgot, no big deal. It just was what it was. And then uh, a few years ago, more, more than a few, but um, I heard a message given um, and the message presented the idea that um, the giving of our, our money and the giving of our possessions and everything that we have is an act of worship unto the Lord. It's a way for us to realize that everything that we have here in this world is only because of him and that he gives us everything. And the ability for us to give that back and to give as much of it as we can is a way for us to worship him. Just like sitting here on a Sunday morning or at your house, however you do it, and worshiping the Lord through music or however else you worship the Lord um, the act of giving and of, of giving of your possession and giving of your money is a way for you to worship him, saying, I recognize this is all yours, I want to give. 
And so since hearing that message, um, I was really encouraged to just look at giving as a, as a way to give back. And if you start to realize that nothing you have is your own and that everything is his, it makes you more generous, really. And so I started giving to more things. I would keep my simple 10%, but I would start giving on top of that and just trying to find things to give to. And in my life, and since then, I've seen God bless, bless me so much through that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you he's blessed me financially because I give more and more, but I, I actually could tell you that, that, that that's 100% truth, but I'm not going to say that that's what's going to happen to you. You can't give and expect to get more because I don't know if that's how God's going to meet you. But, but there, was, there was a realization I had after I started to realize my things weren't my own and was more generous that I realized that I was being robbed of life before when I was chasing after my own money and my own possessions and, um, and not realizing those were his. I feel like I was being robbed and that I was missing out on a part of life that God really had for me. And then once I started to realize it was his and to give, that I felt like I was living a more abundant life. It says Jesus came so you have life and have it to the full. And I think once we recognize that, that giving is what God calls us to and he wants us to give generously and we begin to do that, he will bless you with that full life that you have. So I express that just kind of like desire for you guys because I don't know, we're a church for people that don't go to church. There may be people here that have never heard that you have to give anything. You might wonder what the basket is or, or what this giving to orphanages and why people do that kind of thing. Or maybe you give and you've locked into a certain number because you feel like that's what you have to do. Um, I've realized just through studying this and through my time with the Lord that he wants us to give with a heart that's joyful and with a heart that's very generous and give beyond what we're comfortable giving. So, um, so Boog kind of heard that, and he's like, okay, you might have to share some Sunday morning. And I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. And so here I am. <laughs> I didn't think he was serious, but I'm teaching. So uh, bear with me. I'm going to pray for us just because um, I'm nervous, so, uh, and I want him to take over. So Father God... Um, You are so good. I just pray that you would be with us this morning, that you would teach us from your word. Um, Help me not to get in the way of what you want to say, um, but just we're open to hearing from you. We come to you with open ears and open hearts to hear from you. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so we are in the book of Proverbs. Sorry, I have water because I'm nervous. Common theme. All right. So we're in the book of Proverbs right now, and Book started Proverbs last week, and I love how he presented Proverbs as kind of like a father talking to his son, right, and imparting wisdom on his son. Um, for me, uh, the way I've always read Proverbs and love, I love, I love the book of Proverbs because I feel like there's so much in there that you can take away. Um, for me, when I read Proverbs, I imagine, an old, I imagine God as kind of like a grandpa sitting on the front porch in a rocking chair with a long white beard and long hair, maybe smoking a pipe and whatever state it is out there that they sit on front porches and rocking chairs. I don't know, Kentucky, maybe somebody knows. But, but I, I kind of imagine him as that, just this old, wise grandpa. And, and I'm this kid who's coming to him wanting to learn. He didn't ask me to sit up there, but I'm there just like sitting at his feet, like wanting to learn. And for me, that's kind of how I envision God teaching us in these Proverbs, is, uh, is just, I'm just sitting there like soaking it up. Um, the Proverbs speak a lot of, about money. Um, in studying for this, there was just so many verses on money and how to handle money in Proverbs. Probably because God realizes that that's something we need so much wisdom on. It's something that you're not just born with the wisdom on how to handle money and possessions. And it's something that he desires for us to have the right mindset to it. Um, so as I was going through the Proverbs, um, I picked out a few that I thought would really tie into this message. Um, and kind of the, the idea that was on my heart. Um, and so I grouped them in a couple of groups. The first little group of Proverbs I picked out for you guys 
is uh, the idea of that chasing after money and possessions in this life is going to rob you of life. Um, like I said, once I was to the once I started to become more generous, I feel like before that I was being robbed of something special. That God had so much blessing and, and a more full life for me, and I was being robbed of that before I realized that. So that's kind of what I wanted to get across to you guys. But let's just look at some of these because I feel like the Proverbs speak a lot better than I do. So such is the fate of all who are greedy for money. It robs them of life. I don't know how many of us would consider ourselves to be greedy, but that's not something you say, like, I'm really struggling with being a really greedy person. But I would say we all are striving for more things, right? We're always going for more, more money, more possessions. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. But it seems like that's kind of how in South Orange County we're going. We're always striving for more. And that striving for more, it says, is robbing us of life. It says, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Be wise enough to know when to quit. Um, there was a study done that I heard um, that they kind of took some very wealthy people, millionaires, and then they took people who make a minimum wage, and they said, how much money do you think you, how much more money do you think you need to make to feel really comfortable? You know, we all kind of have that, like, in our mind, that set number where if I just made that much more, I wouldn't have to really stress about money anymore. I'd be so comfortable, you know, if I had that one thing. Um, and they did a study, so millionaires and people making not all that much, and they asked, where does that fall for you? And for every one of them, it was about like 23%. So everybody, you know, whether you're a millionaire or you're not making much, you always think there's a little more that you need to actually be comfortable. And I feel like that's something that becomes somewhat of a god to us. We somewhat are constantly chasing after that benchmark, right? And that benchmark just keeps going up if we don't see our money as the way God wants us to see it. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. Um... For so many of us, and this is all me, so for so many of us, we trust in the things that we have. We trust in our houses, or we trust in our bank accounts, right? Those are the things that we have. It's kind of like our safety nets, things that we aren't willing to give up if we needed to. Like, I've worked really hard to get that bank account the way it is, or I've worked really hard to own this house. That's mine. I'm not, I'm not giving that up. Um, and we're really just trusting in our riches and not in him when we do that. And riches won't help on the day of judgment, but right living can save you from death. Um, that's more of just the thought of, like, we don't take our money with us. So, so those Proverbs, I thought, were ones that really speak to the idea of, of looking at possessions and money as something that we do not need to strive after because it will rob you of life. There's, and then following up, there's a whole section of Proverbs that I picked out. Next slide. That goes over... Um, God's promises of blessing. So that was really the big thing I wanted to get across this morning was that like God has promised in the, in the Proverbs and New Testament all over the place to promise the generous, I mean, to, to promise, sorry, to bless the generous giver. Um, and these are a couple that really just speak perfectly to it. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim, brim over with new wine. God wants us to honor him with the things that we own, with our money, with with all that we possess in this world, he wants us to honor him with that. Use that for his glory. And he promises, then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. He promises that he will bless you with more. The generous will themselves be blessed, for, for they share their food with the poor. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Um... God promises to bless us. He promises to bless you through giving. And that's, that's the point I really want to get across to you guys. As I, as I started to research for this because I wanted to do well and I didn't want to come up here and teach like 
anything false or anything wacky that you guys could be like, who was that guy? Or I didn't want to lead you astray because there's a little bit of pressure apparently on this spot right here. Um, so glad I'm not a pastor. Um, but um, so as I go through, I started doing research, right? I wanted to find out, okay, so I started typing in the computer, you know, uh, uh, tithing in church and giving in church. What does that mean? Well, I come to find that there's kind of a, um, a battle going on between believers where there's a certain group over here that would say that um, the Old Testament and the Mosaic Law like, would say that you had to give 10% of your, of your first fruits, that you were required to give 10% to be living under what God wants you to do. And that is a requirement, and there's a, that basically you have to kind of live by that law, and that's just what you need to give. So there's a group over here that says, absolutely, you give, you give 10%, and that's just kind of what giving is to them. Then there's this whole other group over here that would say that Jesus came, and he fulfilled the law, and so that law doesn't really apply to us. Churches are greedy. And it, and it says, like, basically, like, you know, churches want you to tithe because they need money and pastors need nice cars. That's not why we're here. But um, have you seen Boog's car? Uh, sorry about that. But so there's, these, there's this kind of, like, contrast back and forth. And as I'm studying and reading through, I'm just going, whoa, this is wacky, you know. So I, I wouldn't really recommend doing that. I would look into the scriptures because it, it confused me. So, um, any time in my life when I come up on something that's kind of like almost a gray or there's a battle or, or, or Jen, my wife, and I are kind of reading something that's like, that doesn't seem like that's like the true heart of what God wants to get across from us, um, there's always a tiebreaker and it's Jesus. So I always look to the life of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, and just basically the thing he, things he taught us um, to kind of be the tiebreaker to see like what, what does God really want? Because if I'm going to look at anything, I'm going to look at God in the flesh as basically my true example of what God wants to teach us. So there's two stories from uh, Jesus that I think just really, um, they open my eyes and hopefully they make sense to you guys and open your eyes to what um, God calls as, as beautiful giving, as ways that we should see our possessions and ways that we should give. So the first one, they're written up here, but I'm a horrible reader. So I'm not going to like read it out loud to you because I will stumble over your words. So if you want to follow along and make sure I'm not lying, I promise I'm not. Um, but I'm just going to kind of paraphrase. First, the first story that we're going to go through is a story of the rich young ruler. You guys have probably read this. Um, if not, cool. But there's basically there's this rich young ruler. So there's a, a rich guy, and he's considered rich, which whether you believe it or not, you guys would be considered rich. In the world, if you're wearing two shoes on your feet, you're, you're considered rich in this world. So this speaks directly to us, especially here in our South Orange County. So there's a rich young ruler. He comes to Jesus. He says, what must I do? Uh, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Now, um, Boog and I did a word study on kind of the eternal life thing to make sure that we weren't teaching wrong. But um, what he's asking there, he's not asking, what must I do to go to heaven? What he's asking for is, what must I do to inherit that good and beautiful life that you tell me about? The life that, the full life that you want me to live, God. So he's coming to Jesus. What do I have to do to live that full life that you have for me? And uh, Jesus basically says, you need to follow, follow the commandments, you know. And he's like, well, which, which commandments do I need to follow? Jesus says, you shall not murder, shall not commit adultery. Shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Uh, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. So he lists off like the first six of the Ten Commandments, right? He's, he's, he's like, these, these you need to do, you know? And the guy's like, well, and I know Jesus already knew that. The guy's like, well, I've already nailed those. I've got those down. I'm doing really well at those ones. I'm nailing all those commandments that you've told me to do. What else am I lacking? So this guy was wise enough to realize there was something missing in his heart, that he was being robbed of something. Some part of that full life that he had heard God has for us, he wasn't living. And he's like, I'm doing all those things, which at that time people believed that those were the things that helped you live that full life. So, so the only reason he can know is that he knows there's something missing inside of him. 
And Jesus' answer is so good. He said, if, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When, young, when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. In the message um, translation, I love how it said, he said, the young man went away sad because he had so many things in this world that he was not able to let go of. How does that apply to us? I mean, that, that just hit me so hard. There's so many things. Jesus knew that to this guy, the one thing he was lacking was that his things, his money, they would become like a god to him, that, that he could not let go of those things. And so Jesus knew that this guy's following those commandments, but he knew that this was the one thing that was keeping him back from that full life that he had for him. And he says, go, sell your possessions. And it broke the guy's heart because those things were like his God. He basically was saying, get rid of that God, follow me, right? Um, I just love that story just because it applies so well to us. I also love, I know, I've read it so many times uh, that I used to always read it, says, go sell all your possessions and give to the poor. And I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense, you know? Like, we go sell, if I go sell all my possessions and give to the poor, well, guess what? Now I'm poor. So now somebody has to do that for me, and it's this vicious cycle that doesn't make any sense. Um, but he doesn't. He says, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. I think what, and this is me, Shane, speaking, but I think what God's trying to get across is he wanted this guy to go evaluate the things that he had. Having possessions in this world is not a bad thing, but if they have become a God to you and if they are not for him and for his purposes, then he wants, you to, he, he wants this guy to go sell those things. He wants him to weed things out of his lives, out of his life that he's not using for God's glory, that the possessions that you and I have, need, we need to evaluate those and see what ones are being just used to make us feel good, right? Ones that we aren't able to really give up. Like if, oh, if God called me to sell that, I don't think I could. If God called me to let somebody else use that for his glory, I'm not sure I could. So um, I feel like that's what God was telling that guy. And, and uh, that's how it applied to me in my life. Um, the next story, so Jesus is talking about how we see our things, right? We see our things as we need to see each of our possessions as his and be willing to give them up. This next story I love because I feel like this is what all this ties together in the way that Jesus says, this is giving that I would consider beautiful. It's, um, Jesus is basically, he's been teaching in the temple. So he's been teaching in the temple different things. Um, he says, it says that Jesus sat down opposite of the place where the offerings were, be, were being put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. So basically, let's just say like maybe the offering table was over there. So people would bring their gifts and their offerings and their tithes, right, or their money and their things, and they would, they would put them into this little tithing thing. Well, the part of the story I never realized is Jesus kind of sets himself up over here and takes a seat and he's watching. So he's watching these people bring their gifts and offerings to him, basically. Um, and he says, many rich people threw in large amounts. So the rich people, so people like us are coming and they're bringing big amounts. On paper, these people, if you look, you go, wow, that, that person gave a lot. You know, you and I, if people around the world look at like what kind of giving we do in this world, they'd be like, whoa, that, holy cow, that's, that's a crazy amount of giving, you know, and and people could feel really good about the fact that they give a lot because they have a lot, right? But Jesus is watching them all give. And then uh, he says uh, that this widow comes up. So this widow comes up. I envision this like, little sweet old lady coming up and just kind of scrounging through her pockets. And she digs into her pockets and digs out everything she has and puts these coins into the, into the um, offering basket. And it says that what she gave was about equal to like a penny. So... She comes, she gives what's equal to a penny. Everybody else is given so much, but she gives just the penny. And Jesus sees this, and he says, guys, come here. He calls his disciples over. He says, come here, guys, come here, come here, come here. He calls them in, and he says, look. 
he says, what, he, what does he say to me? He says, truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all got, gave out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in everything, all she had to live on. I love how he calls his disciples in, because me as a dad, like, anytime I see somebody in this world showing a characteristic that I want for my children, um, or, or a heart that I want for my kids, I always call them over, like, boys, come here, I can't teach you enough, you know, come in here, I got to show you this, look at this, this is how I want you to live, and I, anytime I get a chance, that's how I point it, because people remember things tangibly, that's what Jesus is doing here, he could have brought his disciples, if, if Jesus really wanted us to just give a lot, because we have a lot, then he would have brought him over and said, check out those, those rich people. They're like dumping like 10 grand into that thing. That's crazy. That is amazing. Really, that, that's cool. Like big numbers are cool, you know. That poor lady only gave two cents, so whatever. But no, he says, he calls him over at the time when the widow gives everything she has. And he says, see this? This is the giving that I'm trying to teach you guys. This is the giving that I see as beautiful. So what does that mean for us? I don't know that that means that we need to give everything we have. I think what he's talking about is just the heart of the widow. The heart of the widow was that she knew that everything that she had was only because of him, and she was willing to give it all up to him, knowing that he would bless her because of that. She didn't come giving all that thing, and man, I get to starve to death today. That's cool. I just gave up all my money. She came knowing that God gives her everything that she has, put it in there, knowing that he will bless that and bless her for that, and, that's, and that she would live a full life. And that's, that's what I really... That's the heart of the message I want to get to you guys and that I've been taught through this is that God calls us to give and to give beyond what we're comfortable giving because he has so many blessings that he wants to pour on us um, because of that. So we've looked at the Proverbs. We've looked at Jesus and his teaching. Um, there's a few people in my life I looked up, I, I respect for, for different things. Um, there's a couple of people in my life that I really respect in the way that they live their lives. They, I feel like they really live this out and live uh, a way that Jesus would call us to live. Um, so I've asked them to come help me a little bit so that I don't have to talk the whole time. So I got my mom coming up. So let's hear it for my mom. And she likes to sit, so it's more comfortable. Um, but I just wanted her to share a little bit because she and my dad, I know that in their walking with Jesus, they, they live this out in a real way. So um, I just wanted to ask a couple questions. So, mom. Shane, son. Um, <laughs> How do you and dad determine how, like, how much to give and where to give of, of your money and possessions and stuff? Um, well, first, I think when we first started giving at all, <laughs> if not regularly, um, I was raised in a Catholic church, and so somewhere in the back of my head, I kept hearing 10%, 10%, and that's not wrong, but it's not necessarily what you have to do either, so... Um, when we first started to give, I think it became, it was first that we, we know we needed to give, and that's about all it was. And later it came where we wanted to give, but at first it was just that we needed to give. So we, we were comfortable with 10%. We were at a place in our lives that we could afford 10%. Um, you know, it depends on where you're at too. I, you know, if it was, Earlier than that, I don't know if I could have afforded 10%. You know, we're also called to take care of our family, and, and you know, the Lord knows that too. So, but we were at a place where 10% was a good starting place. So um, we decided to start doing that. Um, and how we decided where to give that money or, or whatever and um, was really what we – are you looking at? Nope. Nope. Hi. Okay. Sorry. Just seeing if there's a message. Um, 
was first our church. We felt like the church that we go to uh, is our where we want to give most of our our time and talents and money because in our mind, uh, the church is where that money multiplies so much more than what I could do with it on my own. Um, I look at branches as an example of uh, people that are going on mission trips, people that are helping in the community, um, just working in the kids' ministry, loving on those kids and bringing them up with that love of God, um, having coffee with people and fellowship and, and all that. I, that money that I know that I give here just goes so much farther than what I, with my two hands, can do with it or Nick's two hands. I have a husband. He's not here, though. He was here. Um, so this is a mutual decision. But so we, we feel strongly like the Lord put it on our hearts that our church is our first place to give. Other than that, the way that we come across how we give is really what the Lord shows us as we're just doing our life, as Boogie would say, you know, going through life, whether it's we meet somebody that has a ministry that really we feel like the Spirit is prompting us, you need to be part of that, or you need to at least financially give. Or uh, One of the things, as an example, that's so important to us is Young Life. Um, my kids both went to Young Life before Nick and I were even um, actively, I would say, walking with the Lord. We weren't against the Lord, but we weren't walking with Him daily in our lives. And Young Life was really a ministry that reached out to my kids and through that reached out to us. And so with that cheerful heart that the Lord wants you to have, it is a joy to give back to them because I have seen firsthand how how they have affected my family and, and friends. And so I think I think that's what the Lord wants when he asks us to give is to things that are on your heart, that he puts on your heart, and that... Um, it can be a lot of different things. I have a mom who who struggles a little bit with the whole tithing idea, and yet she, she'll feel guilty, say, if she's giving to my brother who's one step from being homeless instead of her church. But, you know, that's where the Lord needs her to put her money sometimes. So it's really what the Lord puts on your heart. But, um, yeah. Good. Um, good. Um, and then the last question is just how have you seen God come through on his, like, promise of blessing in your life? in your life since you realized that everything was his to give? Um, I think the biggest thing that I've seen since we've been faithfully giving over years um, is that I really do feel like the sense of ownership has kind of dissipated some about things that we have. I don't feel um, as possessive about things. One of the one of the heartaches that I probably put on my husband over the years was... Um, we live in Forster Ranch in San Clemente, and I thought I would be happy, much happier, living down by Riviera Beach. And so every summer, especially when the weather, you know, started turning nice in the spring, I would go out and start looking at houses, and and Nick was totally content where we were, but I kept feeling like, no, we'll be better when we're by the beach, and, and my son would would also chime in that we live so far from the beach, Mom. <laughs> and... Um, but it was just that feeling like I was never content until we got to that place, until we got to that place. And that's one of the things that I would share in my testimony that the Lord has totally taken off my heart um, once we actually started, you know, being in the Word and reading the Word and living, you know, trying to live that kind of life. Um, that was gone. I mean, we look, we look at each other now and I go, remember how many arguments we had? And it's just gone. There's no... 
I love where I'm at. I am so grateful for where I'm at. I feel like the Lord put us there for a reason, and I think he's blessed us and blessed others through it because I see um, when we purchased our house 30 years ago was the day that back in the day they had really small houses with really big lots. And I remember Nick and I looking at each other like, we will never finish this lot. This will never be the custom beautiful lot because we are just not that people. We would, we like to kind of work half day and then go to the beach or something. And we don't finish a lot of things like that. But I look at how the Lord has blessed us and others through it. About eight years ago, um, we put an apartment for my parents. Um, they were getting older and we had the room. I never would have thought of that in years ago, but we added on an apartment for them and they've lived there for eight years. And my dad just passed away this past year. And to be able to share that and be there and have life with them and them be a part of, they would have never had the part of seeing their grandkids and their great-grandkids and all that blessing. And so I just see how the Lord, it was, it was a decision that, I know you've kind of all probably experienced this in some way if you're walking with the Lord. Those are decisions that you make that really aren't your decision. You just go, we have to do it. That's what we're supposed to do. And that's, that's the feeling um, through prayer that hopefully you get that it just blesses. Um, so that's, that's just one way that we've been blessed. The other way that I just wanted to share was um, it's strengthened our marriage um, by giving because, again, the Lord has blessed us. We do not argue about money. Um, and you may say, yeah, that's because you're in a different stage of life than you are and stuff. But we also gave up. Um, I was a full-time teacher, and, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to step down from that and be home and help with my grandchildren. And we did it. And and I don't know how we did it. You know, it was an income to lose, but I feel like the Lord has just continued to bless us. And, and, um, you know, he, we have a rental property, which is so out of the box for us because we're really boring and conservative and we don't do anything differently usually, but the Lord put this opportunity in our laps and the whole idea behind that property is to bless others. And, you know, it's, it's such a blessing to be able to say, you know what, you need, you need a week of rest, go use that place or go do that or whatever. So it, I just feel like, um, the more we've given, the less we've held on to, and the more that it's all his. And, um, one of the scriptures that I just will close with that I read, um, was from second Corinthians, uh, eight verse nine. And it said, you know, the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty we could, he could make you rich. And I, I think any time I get uh, anxious or anything about the money, and I think of this God who is so powerful, so all-knowing, so this beautiful creator who has created everything that I have, everything, and how could I not want to worship him and praise him by giving that back to him? And he sent his son to die for me. And I think of Shane as a son. And I don't know who I would send him to die for, you know. And um, anyway, so it's, it's really an honor. And that comes from the Lord, though. That does not come from my own heart. My heart's not that good. So it's <laughs> totally the Lord. Thank you, Mom. Yeah. So, yeah, I really wanted to share because I just know that um, in their lives, they live this out. They, they don't see anything of their own as, as their own. They give it. They give it all. 
And uh, you guys can come up. Good. Um, well, the band come up for this last little part. So I'm not a speaker, so I'm hoping I am getting this across to you. But my, my, there are so many blessings that God promises promises us through giving. I've heard that a good message is told. Like if a, a preacher comes on Sunday and gives a good message, people shouldn't walk out the door and just say, "Oh, I knew exactly what he meant." Here's the one, two, three that I'm going to do at home, and life's good. Uh, my hope for you guys is that you would leave here, that you would talk on the way home, and hopefully nice things about me, <laughs> but that you would talk on the way home about this, and that you would say, you would start to evaluate, are, are we giving enough? What was, was Shane speaking the truth up there, or do you, do you believe that? And my real prayer is that you would look into these scriptures, that you would go on your own, and you would look and evaluate, are we giving? Is, 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 uh, is God calling us to give more? Because Jesus wanted us to give everything. He wants us to give like the widow gave, to be willing to give up everything we have as an act of worship unto him. Um, he doesn't want us just to give a little chunk and feel good about that. He wants us to give until we actually feel it, until we're uncomfortable with what we're giving. And he promises us that there's blessing. And that is the heart of what I want to tell you guys. There is a promise of blessing that, that, if you're not, that we're all not getting enough of, that there's more life that God wants us to have um, through giving. Um, and so for these next couple songs, the first one's a new song, so it's perfect. Um, there's on each of your seats, this is the interactive part, there's a three by five card, a little three by five blank card, and there should be pens out there too. Um, I want you to write exactly how much money you're going to give us this week. No, we've already, you'll notice the offering basket went around early. We did that on purpose because I don't want to give a message about giving like, and say, cool, you guys should really, so here's the offering basket. That's not what this is about. I want this to be a life change for you guys because I want you to live that full life that I know that God has for you. So during this first, these next couple songs, on that card, I want you to just pray and see what God puts on your heart. On, uh, does it work? There's one last slide. Did it, uh, there's one um, in uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 8. It says, and this is what I'd hope you guys would do at home too. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. I just want you guys in these next couple songs to evaluate what God's speaking to you. Is God telling you to give more? Write down what he's telling you. Is he telling you to give up some things? If there's things in our lives that have become like a God to us that we can't give up, he's calling you to give those things up. Write them down. Because I want you to take these, and in these next couple weeks, when you're praying through this, hopefully, (laughs) if you're praying through this, you can look back at that. Like, what was he speaking directly to me? Um, Yeah, just just see what God has to say to you, because he will say... He, he will say a lot, so...